welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And a happy new year to you all out there. Of course, Doctor Who is back and we are back. Yes, this is our first podcast of 2020. I can't believe we're in 2020 already, Paul. It's uh, Where has the time gone? I know, I know. It's, it seemed to be a far off time, didn't it? It does, doesn't it? And uh, let's say we both turned 50 this year as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a lovely, cheery thought for us all. <laughs> it is, yes. Oh dear, but of course um, we're here to talk about uh, Doctor and of course we're covering the first two episodes um, on this particular podcast. We're doing Sky, uh, Sky I was going to say Skyfall there actually, Spyfall parts one and two. So, that's, that's deliberately uh, there to catch out the unwitting podcaster isn't it? It is and, and I feel for it. <laughs> okay, sure then. you're not the only one. No I'm not, I dare say I'm not, I dare say I'm not. But anyway, uh, let's do the news, what, what there is of it of course. Um, now, what since we've been away, unfortunately, um, we've had the um, another sort of Doctor alumni has passed away, and that is Donald Tosh, um, has died at the age of eighty-four. And now, this is quite sort of a, a moment in sort of Doctor Who history, actually, because Do- Donald Tosh was the last surviving writer from the William Hartnell era. Um, he served the script editor for nine months. Um, and uh, it also contributed quite a, f- um, a few stories, most of it which are missing as well. Um, the only one we can actually watch in its entirety um, is The Time Meddler, uh, yeah. which is which is one of our particular favourites, actually, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So uh, we also wrote uh, Galaxy 4, Mission to the Unknown, The Myth Makers, The Daleks' Master Plan, and The Massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve, and lastly, The Celestial Toymaker. Um, I think so, the massacre and special toy maker he actually rewrote uh, as the original yeah. scripts were uh, not up to scratch. But um, yeah, it's um, it's sad that that's that's the last one. I know. Uh, I mean, as we said, we're now in twenty twenty, so I suppose it's not surprising. No, no, it's not. But, um, but yeah, it, it, still. it's still it's still not nice to talk about, yes. is it? Let's no. let's be. Let's be perfectly honest here. Um, no. Yeah, but I mean, other, I mean, he did work on other shows as well. Um, I think he did Emergency Wall 10, which is a very, very popular um, sort of um, soap in the 1960s. Was it 50s and 60s or just the 60s Emergency Wall 10? I can't actually remember. I think it was 60s, I think. I can't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. Even as old as I am, that's before my time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but you also had a hand in uh, Coronation Street as well, which is the the, the UK's longest running, might be, I think might be the world's longest running soap opera. I'm not entirely sure about that claim to fame. Um, but yeah, but he's um, he, he was trying to come up with an answer to um, Emergency Wall 10, an alternative soap, um, which was originally called Florizel Street. Hmm. Yeah. So, not quite as catchy as Coronation Street, I've got to be honest. No. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it, I would say, very, very sad. Um, and it's just, it's just a shame that we can't actually, you know, see his contribution, or much of yeah. it anyway. You, there's snippets of it, obviously. You can watch the um, sort of the, the reconstructions and sort of audios of uh, of these particular stories. But it's just the fact that most of his stuff has just been wiped, which is an absolute yeah. sh- it's a really is a shame, really is a shame. Yeah. But uh, but there you go. So we salute you, Mister Tosh. We certainly yeah. do salute you. Now talking of classic Who, also since we've been away, um, BritBox in the UK have um, launched a classic Doctor Who on there. Um, that launched on Boxing Day, and uh, I, do you know what? I actually quite envy people watching Classic Who for the first time. Yes. Yeah, there's there's something there's something about it just watching so you know you've watched it all these years and you know someone else out there is going to be sort of pick it up on this for the first time. I think like people did on that. So what was that other thing that launched? I, I'm not up with the kids. I'm afraid that thing from last year. Everyone was uh, raving about Twitch, wasn't it? Yeah, Twitch. That was it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know if it's had the same kind of impact as it did on Twitch because I think Twitch you could you could comment as you were watching it, couldn't you? But obviously you can't on BritBox. But uh, yeah, I do. I really do envy people. I really do. But um, yeah, but they're also it, showing the the animated stories as well, which is uh, brilliant. Yeah, and also filling in uh, the missing bits with the recons, really. Yeah. Yeah. 
Have you ever dipped, dipped your toes into the recon? Because I've, I've never, I've never really gone down that route. I think I tried doing it with the Daleks Master Plan, uh, which I think was on Daily Motion or something, and there were parts missing that had been uploaded. So I think it was it was a bit of a pointless endeavour yeah. to be honest. But um, yeah, I, I've, I've never really, it's never really sort of tickled my fancy to be honest. No. No, I, I must admit I haven't. It's just uh, waiting now for them just to animate them. Yeah, same here. <laughs> like giving up on them finding them, but oh no, exactly. Yeah, but uh, no. So I hope I hope you all you if anyone's listening who's never who, who just clicked onto our podcast and are just um, watching Classic Doctor Who for the first time. Um, I hope you're enjoying it. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Hope you enjoy. It. Okay, it hasn't got the production values of uh, modern day Doctor Who, but uh, this is what got us into it in the first place. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of history there, a lot of history. So um, that's probably about all that's happened since we've been away. But of course, with new Doctor Who, it also brings audience figures. So I'm so sorry, everybody. We return once again for an, for the first time this year to Omega's Stats Corner. <laughs> Right, okay, so the overnight viewing figures. Now, obviously, um, we are sort of quite a long way after the, the first episode of Spyfall showed on, on uh, New Year's Day. However, the, the final audience figures haven't been released yet because it's seven days. We're recording before that seven days um, is up. So the overnights were 4.88 million, which is a 21.6% of the total TV audience um, at the time. Um, I think people are getting a bit of a... So, oh, it's down on last year, um, and I think a lot of people did actually switch off because they had that Miranda special on beforehand, which had sort of quite good ratings, and it just sort of um, dropped off. However, if you put it into context, um, the highest rated or the second that because Doctor was actually the second highest rated show for that day, yeah. Emmerdale only got five million. Yeah, and Coronation Street was first. third. Yeah, just behind Doctor Who. So, and even the new Dracula, um, with written by Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss, only had an overnight of three point five seven million. So, I think Teddy took a bit of a hit overall that evening. Yeah, does seem to be, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, I and mean, it's not. It's you can't. You can never take compare something with with figures of, of previous years you can only compare it with the the figures of the day really can't you well exactly exactly um i think people are saying okay yeah it should have maybe it could have done better because it was the, the first episode of a new series um but last year that was technically the christmas special yeah and it had daleks in it so yeah that's gonna get people's attention people watch daleks so um yeah but I say I don't. I don't think it's anything to get overly worried about because, as, as we say every year when we talk about uh, you know audience figures, um, the way people watch television is completely changed. Yeah, you know. So, um, but apparently, the, um, this um, the first episode of Spyfall had an audience appreciation index of eighty two. Yeah, and I can't remember what that actually means. <laughs> that's that, that's. About average, isn't it? For, for I think it is now. Yeah, exactly. Now the audience overnight audience figures for Spyfall Part Two uh, was four point six million. Now it's down on the first episode. However, the, it actually had a higher audience share of twenty two point six for the evening. Yeah. So yeah. So it's a <laughs> weird how that works actually, but. Um, but it's uh, but it made it the um, the fifth most popular show on British television um, on that evening. But it was up against you know Dancing on Ice. But that only had five point one four million viewers. So again, not massive. No. You know, but the um, but the biggest the big hitter for the evening was uh, Return of Call the Midwife, uh, which had six point nine seven million. So, um, yeah. But that. There that you usually are. does, doesn't it? So yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, I, I just think people just choose to watch this on catch up now. To be honest, yeah. I mean, actually, I ended up doing that because I was doing other things on the. Actual yeah, there you are. There you are. You see, so, so um, you could have made the difference that night, Paul. <laughs> I know. The show's cancelled because I didn't watch it. 
That's it. We'll be handed out a town by angry Who fans with flaming torches and pitchforks now. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, okay. You you could say yeah, it's disappointing, but at the end of the day, pff, let let's yeah. see what happens when once the, once the full audience figures come in. Who, who knows? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just just audience is now watching things in at different times and different. Yeah, exactly. Um, although although to be to be fair, I think there was always going to be a bit of a um a bit of a drop off from the last series. I think people, a lot of people walked away disappointed. Um, from Jodie Whittaker's first season, so I think a lot of people just haven't bothered returning, or maybe just not watching it live. I think, no. oh, okay, yeah, I'll, you know, it's not the event tele, you know, TV show for me of the week anymore, so I'm going to watch it on catch up. You know, or, yeah. or binge binge watch it once it's all out on iPlay. Yeah, you know, but uh, but as you say, it's um, oh, I don't think it's going to get cancelled anytime soon. Put it that way. <laughs> that is the kiss of death. <laughs> yeah, you stopped watching it on live, and I've just said that. So, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, everybody. So that's it for the news and stats um, for this particular episode. So, coming up next, we're going to talk about Spyfall episodes one and two, or parts one and two, I should say. So, another week then, and I can say the weeks we're back weekly now. That was the news. Yes. Okay, everybody, uh, now it's time to talk about New Doctor, and we'll talk about Spyfall Part 1. Crisis. Big crisis. Serious crisis. Big serious crisis. Kisses. It's quite French, that, isn't it? Over the past week, there's been a spate of attacks on intelligence officers worldwide of every nationality. We need your help, Doctor. We know things will get into the TARDIS like that. Neither did I. What have you brought here, Doctor? I don't know. Get away from them! And it's me to kick off proceedings for this year, isn't it? It is. I have the honour, I have the honour. Right, okay. Um, let me. I, I want to start off by saying it wasn't... The style hasn't changed much, has it, since the since last series? It, it pretty much picked up where it left off. Yes. In the, in the whole style of the show and everything. Um, however, I thought this was um, a very sort of very enjoyable episode. I, I really did thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I thought it was. I thought Chibnall's script was a, a lot better than what he offered up last year. If I'm perfectly honest, um, you got the sort of the, the the sort of the token sort of mention of Ryan's dyspraxia, um, and you got um, Yaz's sort of home life as well, and try and sort of uh, actually it did it did actually try and address the whole fact about um, she's still on probation as a police officer as well, yes, <laughs> and where she keeps disappearing to. So I like the fact they're sort of trying to uh, address that, and then you also got um, Graham having a medical checkup, so. Those sort of plot threads are still, but sort of sort of dangling, aren't they? Yeah, to to a certain degree. Um, but hell, I I I really did enjoy it. I thought it, it was it was a good. It went on sort of a, a, a cracking pace. Um, I thought it was sort of pretty um, exciting. I thought that the the Stephen Fry was good as a, as a guest star. Um, shame he was killed off quite so quickly. Quickly. Yeah. yeah, I thought Lenny Henry was good um, at the moment as the as the protagonist, Daniel Barton. Um, yes. It's nice, nice to see him doing something a bit sinister for a change. Yes, it was. Um, how, however, it just occurred to me, as I said, that he was in the final series of Broadchurch, so it's not as if he's he's an unknown to Chris Chibnall. No, right. I, yeah, I have to say, I never watched Broadchurch, so... Uh, no, Joe did. Oh, my wife did. Uh, did. Um, so... Um, Yes, yeah, so I, I just knew he was uh, um, another one of uh, Chris Chibnall's stable of actors, put it that way. Yeah. But uh, no, I thought it was I thought it was very very good. Um, and then we have 
O. Yes. As well. Um, now, a lot of people said, oh, I saw that coming. Well, I'll say, well done them. I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't, to be honest. No. Um, that I'd caught me. any spoilers, so that did sort of come as a... As a complete as a surprise. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I'm glad about. Um, now, what, what do you think I'm about... I'm well done, his... actually, because the BBC yeah. had tried hard to to actually keep that... Keep it under wraps. Yes, yeah. as much as yeah. possible. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, I mean, though they were on the subject, what what do you think about his take on on the master? Um, I still find it's as in everyone since the series came back. Yeah, has just been a bit over the top and manic. Yeah, we got another. Uh... Well, in this episode anyway, we've got a bit of a, the, the giggly master again, haven't we? Yes. And considering, you know, how straight he was playing it before he says he's the master. Yeah. To then suddenly completely go to the... Back to the effectively insane. Hmm. Yeah. Now, the thing um, is, um, that there's, there's been talk of this particular incarnation of the master does it follow on from missy or is it one we haven't seen yet because the because the, the master sort of had a bit of a redemption at the end yeah um and then was killed by john sims master without end up with without um her being able to regenerate or so we think so we, we yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm just beginning to wonder whether there is something in this. Maybe this is an incarnation of the Master we haven't seen. Is this pre-Derek Jacobi, for argument's sake? Yeah, I mean the only the only thing we can, the only the only point in history we've got is that he's obviously after the Master in Legopolis. Yes. Yeah, I know that. That's in part two. I know. To be honest, we are going to be sort of. It's going to be merging our little discussion here, is yes. it, between parts one and two? Um, we're, we're trying to we're trying to keep it separate as best we can. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I, I like that little mention. Actually, that was good. Yeah, um, but, but, that surprise, is, that, but that is basically where the only the only reference we've got to to where he could be in the history of the master. Yeah, that's it. That he comes after that, but. Yeah, who knows? Who knows with that one? But uh, no, I, I quite, I quite liked. I like the fact those sort of recruits by MI five, MI six, sorry, um, in this. Uh, the, I mean, Unit and Torchwood are are still disbanded. Yes. Which I'm kind, I'm kind of disappointed about. <laughs> but only Unit, not so, not so much Torchwood, but uh, yeah, certainly, certainly Unit. But then you've got to wonder whether. Having been part of MI6 for a while, did he have something to do with that? Well, that's the thing. You don't know. You could. You, there could be something in that. Actually, that he's just, um, you know, he's 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 the reason why. Yeah, as as a vindictive person, which the master is. Yeah. You'd think the first chance he has to get rid of unit, he would have taken. Because they could probably spot him a mile off. To be honest, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, no, I, I do, um, I do think that there, there could be something, um, something in that, actually. But, hmm, we'll see. We'll see where, where this, where this leads. Anyway, we'll certainly yeah. see where this leads. Um, um, actually, can I just go back to to the point where you were saying about we see about Yaz being on probation and yes, uh, Graham having his checkup and you have that bit where Ryan's go. His friends saying about all the re- all the problems he's had over the last few over the last while that's kept him obviously away from everybody. Yeah, which fair enough, but it sort of gets past the point that as they're travelling in a time machine, they yeah, oh, no. don't need to be away from it for, from any. Well, actually, any point. I, I I did read um I did read I a good. Where, I did. So I did read a good point actually, because obviously, if the, say for argument's sake, they've been away for 
five years. And the doctor says, right, I'm going to drop you back where I picked you up. And yeah. they would have aged yeah. in that I time. I mean, there was... That, that's the only... I think that's probably why that that can't work, if you see what I mean. But I can understand if, if that had been the case. But that isn't necessarily the case here. I mean, we did get it with the ponds, didn't we? Mm. In, obviously, where there was comments then about their friends had started noticing that they'd... They seem to be older. Older, yeah. So I suppose it's whether it's just it's, whether this is this is Chibnall deciding he's not gonna the that route of the being able to drop them back. The ponds always seem to be dropped back, as if they'd never been away. Yeah. Whether and so did. Um, brain's gone now. Yeah. And so <laughs> have other other companions. Yeah. So whether this was Chibnall just saying, no, actually, I'm going to actually make sure that it's there to have excuses for being away. Yeah, yeah, it could be that. It's, it's looking that way at the moment, anyway. Yeah. It's looking that way at the moment. But uh, but anyway, um, obviously you, you've got the sort of like the, 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 the whole mystery of, of what Barton's up to. Um, I mean, what do you think about all the... sort of the, Obviously, this is a, a riff on... On James Bond, you even had also like a, a, a casino um, <laughs> scene as well, like you had every sort of early Bond film, anyway. Um, I mean, I, I, what do you think about the, the the snap joke as well? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily mind that. No, I don't know if I could have seen I could have seen Tom Baker's Doctor doing. He that. could have done that, yeah. Um, However, though it's actually it's actually a riff on a on a a goon show joke, right? Um, that dates back to the nineteen fifties. So it's, I say it has been done before. So. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're all playing uh, poker, and he just says, "I think it's uh, Spike Milligan's character Eccles just goes snap like that." He was so, um, but the thing was, he was actually winning. <laughs> yeah, they were playing poker, and he was playing snap, and he was winning. So. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I didn't mind that at all. Actually, I think some people groaned at it, but um, I think that's the thing. Um, I was sort of kind of hoping that Jodie Whittaker's Doctor had sort of calmed down a little bit, um, but you, you're still getting the, a lot, a lot of gabbling in in, be, in yeah. between. Sort of, how can I put it? Mid conversations, she'll go off into some non sequitur and, and gabble away, and then it's back in again. I know. Other doctors have done it, but it just seems to be sort of very much at the forefront with with her take on the doctor. Or it just could they, be Chibnall's writing, you know. Yeah, they use it a lot to to explain stuff, don't they? Yeah, um, and I'll, I'll come on to that when we talk about part two. Yeah, um, when we we get the uh, two history lessons um, in this one. Um, yeah, I mean. My 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 only fault on this was that the fact that they even with when I was watching this episode, yeah, I thought it was all a bit too easy for them to to make contact with Daniel Barton and whatever. Hmm. Um. I think that can then be put down when you see the the second episode to the fact that he actually knew what was going on all along. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why he agrees to meet them. It's not that they've been so clever to infiltrate uh, his organization and yeah, set exactly, up the fake exactly, yeah, IDs and whatever. Is he I knows do th- exactly what's going on. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the um, the little scene between Jodie Whittaker and, and Lenny Henry on the I don't know what it was what you call it the the. the wasn't the balcony as such, was it? But the, on, on the veranda, what you want to call it? Veranda, yeah. I'm yeah, veranda. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought that was a nice scene, and she hasn't had many scenes like that to sort of play a bit quite and, and a bit more. Not I can't kind of put it, not threatening, but a bit more firm, sort of standing her yeah. ground and, and, and serious. What, you know, and what was good about that scene was that he just denied it all. Yeah, there wasn't the. You know, you'll never prove it, sort of thing. Yeah, you yeah. literally was. You are just a mad woman, and you've got no nothing. You're saying is is real. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, 
and I think the other, the other thing that sort of um, got highlighted in this, which wasn't really addressed in the previous series, and it was sort of picked up in this this episode and and, and more so in, in part two, was that Yaz, Graham, and uh, Ryan were sort of questioning more about who is the Doctor and where does she come from. You know, they're, they're starting to ask a, you know a few more a few more questions now, um, which yeah. I quite like. Um, and it is, how can I put it? It is almost sort of like the the Russell T Davies school of writing Doctor Who, and it really has been like a, a, a jumping on point for new fans, isn't it? Yeah, it was like the the first series, her first, well, last series, was basically here you go. There's nothing too much you have to worry about previously. Yeah, no one's asking her any questions. They've just, you know, she's just accepted and everything else yeah yeah and now obviously we are now getting chibnall is now going to bring stuff back or good certainly going to the backstory of the doctor and time lords so which yeah. now he now needs to he now needs the companions to be questioning because that's how he's going to explain it to the the new audience yeah exactly but obviously, he didn't want to to throw that onto the audience in their when they were first, first watching year. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I sort of didn't sort of mind that at all. Actually, I thought it was, it was nice to nice to see. Actually, um, I think I think that's that thing. Sort of like long term fans get a bit antsy because there's no mention of Gallifrey or Time Lords or regeneration and and and, and stuff like that, but. Um, yeah. I can I can understand the the sort of the game plan. He's 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 got here to a, to a certain degree. Yeah, no, no, that Chibnall. makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so back onto the back onto the story. I like the fact that they sort of um they do sort of split up as well, which gives them all characters a bit more to do. Yaz yeah, gets was... a lot more to do in this one for God for Christ's sake. So it was actually. Good to get Ryan and Graham apart. Yeah. So that there wasn't so much of the reliance on their double act. Yeah. Which tended to put Yaz in the shade, so to speak, because she didn't have that person to to have a no. I think they, they sort of, with no. They, they sort of tried doing it with the Doctor, but the Doctor's not anyone she can relate to as such. No. Yeah. There was there, there was no feeling of you know we're in this together with the doctor for her and the doctor yeah all yeah. she can do was follow the doctor around really yeah yeah that's it um whereas actually by putting her with ryan it allows her to then become the the dominant character out of the two yeah that's it and it's good I mean, she she, I mean, she was sort of packed off to that other dimension as well by the um oh, what are they called the Kasavins. um yeah we still don't know anything about, even at the end of part two. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, and this, this is the actual biggest thing about this story, isn't it? Yeah, we get, we get the, the how they're doing stuff. Yeah, to a certain extent, and we get a bit of the why, but not at all who they are or, or the ultimately, why they're doing it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I say which one, I think I'll touch on a bit more when we, when we get to um, when yeah, we sort of touch on part two a bit more. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, it was it was it was good. I like all that. I, I did enjoy the the, like, the the Bond riffs um, in this particular story. Uh, I think the music uh, by Second Akinola that really did um, complement the story because he had he, he sort of yeah. catched that sort of John Barry. Uh, vibe, yeah. In in certain scenes, which I which I thoroughly enjoyed. Actually, I'm a, I'm a big fan of John Barry. Even for his non-Bond stuff, I still like his um his work. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I really did. I really did enjoy that. Um, I think the yeah, and when it got to sort of like the stuff in the outback, um, I thought was well done. Especially that you know that that stuff at night with the with the two bodyguards in the on the, in the Australian outback was um was sort of very well done actually um and even sort of like the the doctor 
Morris being told by, as then he was then known, oh, to sort of, no, retreat back in the house kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so she wasn't allowed to sort of, you know, do some wave the... There's still a lot of waving of the Sonic. Yeah, but it's not telling about... her anything. It's not, no. Which is good. Yeah. So that, that was quite... Um... But I suppose the... Um... I mean, the two the two bodyguards actually were were quite good in the fact that in that situation in the past, there'd have been a tendency to play some of that to look for fun, I think, with them. Yeah. Too. And they didn't. No, it was done sort of fairly um sort of fairly seriously. Yeah. That like sort they of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, they tell them to, to go back inside and solve this because yeah. that's what they're there to do and leave them to to guard. I mean yeah. the only the only bit on that was you think so you had the typically I'll go round and check round the back, so we're split up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. No, it was. Um, yeah, I, I, it was. It was good, and, and, and so that big reveal at the end, um, I thought was was very, very well done. Actually, I really do think that that was great. Um, the, the actual but, sort but of... it, it did sort of have though. I mean, it was the. The, the how does the villain try to kill the the hero in the the silliest way possible? So it didn't it though. Yeah, it did really. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention that they could have just been shot at any time. No, I thought it was all it was, right. I thought it was yeah. It it it, it served its purpose, didn't it? <laughs> it did. I mean, yeah. But it yeah. It, it was the case of all right, okay. Yeah, but um, now I think the um. I'd like to say before we, we sort of actually what I want to do now is, is read out some feedback we've had for part one um, before right. I get on to before I get on to part two. But I just want to say it, it, the episode itself looked absolutely gorgeous. Yes, um, it it, re- it really did look absolutely fantastic. Um, well, to be honest, that 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 has been the case, hasn't it, with, with the previous series? Yes, yeah, they seem to have sort of got a, a very bright colour palette um, yeah. for everything. Um, and choosing to film in South Africa again, um, I think has, has sort of paid dividends for this episode. Yes. So yeah, it, it looked utterly fantastic. Really did, really did. But uh, but first things first. Let's let's have um, let's read out the feedback we received uh, for, for for part one. Um, so it seems to go down well with uh, with uh, quite a few uh, quite a few people here actually. Uh, one one of the one of the bits of it has got some swearing in it, so I warn you now there is swearing in this one. So um, I shall uh, I'll warn you before I say it anyway. So anyway, but first of all we have some Twitter feedback. And the first one's from uh, Elizabeth Lycan. Hi Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth says terrific start to the new season. The pacing and scope balance the competing expectations of two long treasure franchises smashing together. Uh, love the homage to the James Bond theme and the music. Jodie Whittaker's Doctor still feels true. Very curious to see her fight back to this new master. Um, yes, well, we, we find out how that goes in part two, don't we? So thanks very much for that. And next up with David Gale. Uh, he says, Not much change from the last season. Perhaps the writing was slightly better. Biggest problem for me was the act, the acting was still at the same level. I'm afraid Jodie's not screamed the Doctor to me. Not sure if the role is beyond her or that is just the way she's been told to play it. Um... No, I don't think it's beyond her. I think the writing has a lot to do with it. To be honest, but let's let's just see what how she how how um she's in in a non chibnall scripted story. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there we go. So anyway, um, onto some Facebook um feedback now for episode one. First, we have Martin Howell from the Bad Wolf podcast. Hi, Martin, and also a uh, sort of previous guest of this uh, particular podcast as well. Um, he says. You know how, bar a few episodes, Series 1 of Torchwood is shit. Uh, but it then took an 18-month break, came back with Series 2 and absolutely knocked it out of the park. The chip has done it again. Spyfall stands head and shoulders above Series 11, even the episodes I liked. Joe Whitaker is no longer a woman who happens to be the Doctor. She's the Doctor that happens to be a woman. Yaz feels like a proper member of the team now. For the whole of Series 11, it felt like she was just there for the Doctor to speak exposition at. The chip has yantoed her. Um, outstanding. I, I see exactly what you mean there, um, Martin. I really do. Um, 
yeah, maybe sort of taken the the, the Yaz criticism on board somewhat but here, here we go so thanks very much mate um next we have jeff waddle jeff says absolutely brilliant out of the park though i expected the chameleons to be revealed in the aircraft hangar um seriously jody rocks it is that what the kids say uh yeah so i think they do jeff thank you very much uh next up we have uh john michael Lindsay. um he says i have to say i enjoyed it with an excellent premise for the season opener and a nice cliffhanger for the end of the story a nice return of an old character, but I'm going to have to re-watch the previous story of said character because I'm sure it wasn't finished that way. Let's see what Sunday brings. Yes, of course. Yeah, that's what we were discussing as well. Um, does this master follow on from Missy? I, who knows? Who knows? Okay. So, um, next up we have feedback from Joe Alexander. This is the sweary one. It's very short. This is the sweary one, so I warn you now. Um, and Joe also a previous guest of this podcast as well. Uh, and Joanne says... Holy fuck, was my response. Uh, I'm running out of custard creams here. So excited. <laughs> Thank you, Joanne. <laughs> Excellent. Um, we have a couple of emails as well, actually. Uh, first uh, one up from uh, reg regular uh, feedbacker, Ian Key. Hi, Ian. He says, Happy New Year, chaps. So are the shiny light things updated Vardens for the 21st century? Um, unfortunately not. They're not, mate. Um, wasn't sure about the James Bond homage. It's not really a fan, but it certainly did add and allow to the big worldwide global adventure feel. Um, thought the Sasha Doan reveal was well done, similar to the Derek Jacoby reveal in Utopia. Not 100% sure if he's got the chops to follow the Sim and Gomez portrayals, but we will see. Overall, a very confident start to Series 12. Oh, and one last thing. Who plugged all the pipes and tubes back into the underside of the TARDIS between moved from the garage and moved to MI6? Cheers, Ian. That's a good question. I probably just got the... Just tucked yeah, it back yeah, in yeah. and screwed the bottom back on again. <laughs> That's it. Just stuffed it back under the bonnet. There you go. Okay. Uh, some, some, someone got their Hanes book of TARDIS out, didn't they? Obviously. <laughs> So, um, next up, uh, last bit of feedback here, we have uh, from Daniel Winterbottom Stanley. Uh, hi, Daniel. Um, he says, hi, guys. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. Um, let me start by saying I love your podcast. Thank you very much. But he follows up with what I do when you give the correct opinions. Um, so, okay. He says, spyful, spyful, oh, dear. I don't know what I was expecting, but this was beyond the pale. It was full of SJW bias. Of, what is SJW? What's that stand for? I don't actually know. No. No, no idea. And very preachy. I mean, the message was, don't be evil. What if I want to be evil? Who are the BBC to tell me not to be evil? Yes, I took a carrier bag from Sainsbury's and didn't pay the 5p because I'm gangster. Quite. What possessed Chibnall to write an episode based on the 90s cryptozoic board game? I'll never know. Like the board game, the episode was terrible. Overlong and left me gagging for a piss. And then he turned off multiple times, but I had to keep watching so I could tweet about it. <laughs> Daniel Winterbottom Stanley. Thank you very much, Daniel. <laughs> Please write in again. That was, yes. I enjoyed reading that. <laughs> I'll have to look up what SJW means, because is that something the kids say? I've got no idea, mate. I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> so anyway, um, so that sort of wraps up part one. So let's move into part two. When I arrange for your death, I expect you to stay dead. Little chaos is a wonderful thing. No exit strategy in the unknown. All hope lost. Welcome to the end of your lives. Now, um, Paul, what what did you think of part two then? Um, I actually liked part two more than I liked part one. Okay. I just got the. F I, you had at least a bit more. The problem I had with part one was it all seemed to be go and no point for characters to be developed or whatever. Right, yeah, I, I see what you mean, yeah. It's, 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 you know, they're difficult to know whether, you know, saying whether uh, the doctors. How how good how good people are acting because actually what they're doing is running around a lot really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, part two was a little slower, not much slower. 
Um, what I really liked about part two, mm. and what I think Doctor Who can do when it's good, is actually make me go away and look up stuff. Okay, okay. Now, I knew about Ada Lovelace, but I didn't know. But I'm not sure how I, how I pronounce nor in its Khan. Yeah, or uh, Nora Baker as, as she was known yeah. in the um. SOE, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was quite interesting. I, I did quite like that you can use characters like that in a, you know, for, for, for a small parts in a story that actually then make me think, oh, actually, what, what, what does, what did she do? And yeah, who was she? Um, so actually, I, probably the bit I like the most about this story. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I do slightly have a problem with... I would just like to have had an evil master, but not a insanely evil master. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think... <sighs> Part two, I've got a bit of a problem with because I thought it was a letdown from part one, actually in in certain areas. Put it that way. The uh, I like the bits with the master, if if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, we've got this whole thing about um, the return of the timeless child yes. thing now as well. We find out that the um, right at the very end, the master's I mean, I, he, he's I, the one who sort of calls genocide on Gallifrey. Which now seems to be easy, easy to pop into that pocket universe, which was pretty much impossible beforehand. Um, yeah. yeah, it seems they if they can all pop back in and out, why 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 aren't the time lords popping out? Yes, exactly, exactly. So, okay, yeah, I, I like that. I like the scene on the top of the Eiffel Tower um, with the Doctor and the Master, and you say we've got the Logopolis mention as well. I just thought it was a nice little two hand scene. There was no histrionics. It was just, it was just like two. It was like two old friends talking again, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I also liked the fact that when the Master goes, traces them back to when you first see him as a Nazi. Yeah. And it, they go into the room and there's not really much said. Mm. And he orders them to shoot at the floor. Yeah. And then they walk out again. And I liked that. I mean, I think that was well done. It was just by looks and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, um, you, you got the return of the perception filter to allow him to become a, a, a Nazi officer. Yeah. As well. And I suppose it was only a matter of time before the master got into a Nazi uniform anyway, so... I mean, I, mean, I, sus- I suspect that was... It was easier to say that than to have, as we had with previous masters... Mm. The dodgy disguise. Yes, exactly, exactly. But again, it's, I mean, okay, we had the return of the Master going, going into disguise with John Sim in uh, Capaldi's last um, yeah. series. Um, but I suppose with this, it's just sort of, okay, you save on the makeup, just like I'm wearing a perception filter. So he's still doing the makeup thing, but it's being done on the cheap. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also like that we got the return of the compression or tissue compression el- eliminator. Yeah. Um, my, my, well. my my problem with that, yeah, is it makes them too small. Uh, yeah, but he did get that nice thing of being, in keeping the keeping the in the first episode keeping him in the matchbox in his top pocket, and they just tossed it away. Yeah, which I thought was quite callous. Yes, actually. Um, but yeah, the but way yeah, he, no. he, he was he was just doing indiscriminate when he when he went back to the um that sort of. Oh, you call it that sort of 18th century expo that he that he popped yes. up in, or oh, 19th century expo, I should say. Um, yeah, he's um, he just sort of compressing people indiscriminately. Yeah, and and that that was probably the bit where I was least impressed with him from when he walked in. Yeah, and it was all very manic to that bit. Yeah, up until the bit. Where the doctor comes forward, and obviously then he asks her to kneel. Mm. Until that bit, I thought it was. It seems actually he's 
all right. The master's all right when it's very, when he's not almost playing to an audience. Yeah, it's that was kind of the same with John Sims' master as well. When he had an audience, he was manic and shouty and over the top. When it was just him and the doctor, it's almost as it was a lot quieter, wasn't it? The the script writers are trying to say, look, no, you should be looking at the masters, the main thing here. Yeah, and you know he's got to take all your attention. Yeah, see, which I'm not necessarily sure if done right that he needs to do that to take your attention well no because he I, I see what you mean there because he didn't have to as a Nazi officer no he didn't have to come sort of bounding in and, and as you say it was done with no dialogue yeah you know that, that particular scene in, in the um, Nora Baker's house so um, yeah no no I do I do take your point I do take your point but uh, no I, I did like those scenes the bit that let me down with it was was the, basically the main plot with the Casavins uh, and Daniel Barton which well, basically it, went nowhere where yeah like I say we had a we had a, a sort of a bit of how and a little bit of why but yeah. nothing to actually you know what what was their actual ultimate aim yeah. So they turn all the people into effectively human hard drives. For what purpose? I know. Um, and the whole I mean, thing... The, about... the, 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 the only thing on that is, of course, is the fact that when they go to their, we presume, their home planet... Yeah. And both the Doctor and Ada go, and Yaz go to their home planet, it looks as if they're almost like electrical signals... Yeah. So whether if you're rewriting the DNA to be a, a hard drive, whether then that's a sort of something that they then can inhabit, I don't know. But we never get to the point where they seem to no, be... No, we don't. You know, we don't. Um, I mean, the whole thing with... I mean, the bit with Barton kidnapping his mother. Yes. Um, yeah, okay. It's shown to be a, 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 a callous character. Yeah. But at the end of the day, without having any prior history or knowledge that you know, maybe in like in episode one, and seeing that his mother was very sort of dismissive of his achievements. Yeah, I mean the only the only reference we get is the fact that she still reads hard copies of papers. Exactly. Is that reason enough to kill someone? <laughs> yeah. And that she, your own mother, I should say. <laughs> and we obviously get the bit that she seems to be a bit. He doesn't seem to feel that he's got the. She gives him the credit that he, he feels deserves. He get. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, I mean, he is actually very much like the master in that sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing about him being that he's only ninety three percent human, and he just yeah. explained the way he, he's sort of he tests it on himself, but. What what's the other seven percent then? Yeah, and you don't that, you, that, you don't you don't donate some DNA and then all of a sudden you've lost a percentage of your DNA. That's not how it works. No, you're still a hun- your your DNA still one hundred percent human. <laughs> is that through the Kasavin or is that through the Master? We don't know. Don't know. We don't know. And then when it all goes tits up for him, he just runs out the door. So that little plot yeah. thread, maybe we're going to return to it this season yeah. or, or next season. Who knows? I, mean, but... I, I, I suspect we will. I mean, I suspect that's why we haven't got any answers in this one. But, but ultimately, it leaves you quite um, bemused a bit because you're you just actually... Okay, so the Doctor's foiled their plot so far. Yeah. What, what was the plot? We still don't know actually what the plot was. No, and... To be honest, and I dare say something there could explain it to us, but it didn't make a lick of sense to me. But um, one minute the Kasavins are sort of basically killing every, rewriting people's DNA. Yeah. And then the next thing, they're a portal to their dimension by the use of this silver lady, um, which I couldn't actually fathom out, to be honest. What, yeah, why that's... Why the silver lady? Why was that, in, why was that the portal? I, I didn't... Maybe I missed that bit. And they seem to be able to come and go generally. I mean, yeah. And and what I mean and it did sort of have a bit of which I've seen I've said a bit of curse of fatal death, isn't it? But I went back earlier and I changed this. Yeah. To it. 
Yeah, um, with the with the, with the doctor because she goes back and she changes the the whatever it is to 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 shut down when it starts. Yeah, exactly. Taking exactly. over. Oh, I know she does a lot of that anyway. The whole bit, like the bit on the plane, well, to, you know, yeah. how, how to land and the then, plane. Yeah. Fine, and then that... to go back and does that. Yeah, I mean that was uh, that was almost like a blink kind of thing, really, wasn't it? It was all you know. You, it's all they they do it through back through time using the video because it's with this one. Yeah, Doctor went back and put the plates on there to, to guide Ryan. So, um, and okay, they landed the plane with a phone again. It's right at the RTD school of. Um, <laughs> School of, of of science and physics and everything, but oh, okay, it's Doctor. We can let it go, can't we? So. But but I say when she, when she, when she says, you know, I went back to previous and I I stopped. I said it to to shut down when it did this. All it then needed was was the master to say, ah, but I went back the day after and I did it to start up again. Yes, <laughs> I actually now, now, now the master's got a, has got a TARDIS as well, which is uh, but but yeah. curiously enough, not bigger on the inside. It seems. Well, I mean, I suppose it just takes the. The size that he he needs it to be. I don't know. I don't know, and also also very very um. Well, it's not very techy inside, is it? <laughs> He's tired. His console's a bit of a bit of a letdown, actually. And it was a bit that it, it didn't change because that was always one of the things, wasn't it? Was the that the master had over the doctor was the fact that he could lay. He had a he superior tardis. Yeah, yeah, and a more and, up to date. And his would blend in. Yeah. And because he's blended in, and the doctors didn't, he was able to turn the local inhabitants against the doctor. Yeah. Because well, it's, well, it, 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 Ainsley blended it. If it happened to be a Roman pillar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was always a Roman pillar. <laughs> well, I, I, having just come from having read through the King's Demons. Yes. Yes, we did. We also had the, the Iron Lady. Iron Lady, there, yes. Or Iron Maiden, sorry. Not the Iron yeah. Lady, that's Margaret Maiden. Thatcher. Thatcher. <laughs> that would have been interesting. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I, I just thought the whole Kasabian thing just sort of... I thought the setup in part one was really good. And the whole thing yeah. about the, the, you know, taking out the um, spies from the different um, spy agencies across the earth was just... Dismissed in one line. It, I thought that that plot thread went absolutely nowhere. Yeah, we just sort of guys. Kind of oh, they, they were onto us. Well, really? <laughs> you know, it just yeah, it, it was just so. I think I think Chibble I mean, appears I mean, what, to be so. What, what was more? What was more logical was the fact that if they attack spies, that would then perhaps get MI6 to call in the Doctor. Yeah. Which would then probably. Mean the doctor would want to talk to MI6's expert on it, which you could understand then that that was the way the master was going to get the doctor to come to him. Yeah, no, that that does make sense. That does make but then, sense. But then they never explained it like that. No, they didn't. No, no, what you so what you said very... makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, I I just thought that that whole bit just fell apart. Um, and also the what I was going to mention. The history lessons we get in this as well. Um, yeah, I knew about Ada Lovelace as well because I think we did we cover that when we did the um, computer science at school. Yes, we did. Yes. We did, didn't we? So that's why I remembered her, remembered her name. Um, but Nora Baker, or actually, um, was it Nora Nissa Inyat Khan to give her a full yeah. name? Um, I didn't know about her at all. No, I mean, and I quite, I mean, I quite like that. I mean, it is a bit. In actual fact, there was the whole with the doctor. Then suddenly goes off. We said said about babbling on mm. earlier that you get that with the fact that when she realizes who she is, she just gives her a, basically a life story. Yeah, well, you don't need to do that. No, you don't. And I think this this is my it was my one of my issues with the last series, and it appears it's carried over to this this yeah. series as well. Um, I know sort of like the, the, the original remit of Doctor Who was to not, you know, from Sidney Newman, it wasn't to have bug-eyed monsters, it was to educate children. Yeah, but you can do that exactly. by just yeah. introducing the characters. And just having them joining the story. But yet again, Chibnall's way of doing it is to stop the story, Yeah, the Doctor lectures the audience for a couple of minutes, and then back to the story again. Yeah. 
And I, it, that just does not work at all. I mean, but even to not for me anyway, you, not for if me. You're, if, if you're if you're introducing a character you've created that you need to have the backstory, you can sort of accept it. Yeah. But when you're introducing what is a real character, and now people can in the days, you know, we are now past the point where of Sydney Newman where actually if they introduce someone like this, the only way you could have found out about them was to have gone down to your local library. Yeah. Now most people can just pick up their phone and type the name in and if they're interested in finding out who that person exactly. is. Exactly, it's at your fingertips now, isn't it? You don't have to yeah. lecture people like that. Um No. I mean so, I mean re- reading about her um now, she was the um she was a sort of like the first sort of female wireless operator. Uh, to be sent into um, into occupied France um, to yeah. aid the resistance. Um, and it says that she's Britain's first Muslim war hero. Unfortunately, she died in 1944 in Dachau concentration camp. Yes. Um, and she was uh, poss- posthumously awarded the George Cross um, as well. So that's sort of, that's next down from the Victoria Cross, basically, isn't it? I believe the George yeah. Cross. Um, so, yeah, um, it was, and it, it, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a nice end for her. No. Well, in incredibly fact, brave, I mean, incredibly brave. You've got both her and Ada Lovelace died, died, died in their 30s. Yes. So neither had a particularly <coughs> fulfilling and long life. No, exactly. Yeah, um, she, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the, um, she was actually transported to um, Dachau with. Other agents, female agents, well, on the 13th of September 1944, uh, where the four of them were executed. Yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately, that's what they did to what they saw as um, spies. So, yeah. 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 Not nice at all. Not nice. But, no, uh, but, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to sort is. of feature a character like that, but we don't need that. Stop the, stop the plot for the history lesson, really. Yeah. Or the science yeah. lesson, or whatever it might be that particular week, you know, because we, yeah, I mean, God knows, just, just, yeah, God, sorry, mate, make enough of it that actually to to interest somebody into actually going away, and if they are interested, to look it up, yeah, themselves and who yeah. they are. So I think really, um, okay, we, we get the thing. We see Gallifrey's destroyed at the end. Um, I've been told. A rumour about where this might be heading. I'm not going to go into it on on here for for fear of spoilers if it does come true. Um, If it is true, this is going to further annoy long-term Doctor Who fans. Gallifrey is becoming the the Kenny of modern Doctor Who, isn't it? It is, yes. How many more times can it be totally destroyed? Destroyed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's you know, it's almost. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how where this is going to go, but no, no. There is neither. a there is a fact that I can understand why RTD did it in the first series. Mm-hmm. Coming back was because he didn't want to have to take the baggage with him. Yeah, um, and that was a good way of 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 giving him a completely different perspective. Yeah. Um. And likewise, I can understand why Moffat brought them back because I think there was something about them being missed, and the fact that sometimes I think the the threat of the Time Lords was good for the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the whole sort of raison d'etre for the show to begin with. Anyway, you know, the, the Doctor yeah. was on the run. That he isn't the you know, and then now and now and again, it's sort of like the the Time Lords would. As he's, you know, the doctor would say, interfere by getting him to go on special missions yeah. or, you know, or whatever. Um, yeah. But that that sort of put, a, you know, a bit of extra sort of jeopardy in there, and that's yeah. sort of that's kind of been lost to a certain degree. And, and it just needed someone occasionally to come along and put him in his place. Yeah, exactly. Which we haven't got. No. And got. and we and we don't know what's going to happen there because the the master's no. gone absolutely, you know, batshit crazy yeah. and and sort of. Killed everybody on Gallifrey, apparently. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do we need this again? We don't know where it's going, but this, this whole thing about you know 
sort of turning the dots who you know you know the, the founding fathers lied to us you know we're, we're not who we think we are and that kind of thing so yeah and i've been told what what one of the rumors what that what that could possibly be um and what it also means for the doctor as well um yeah it's going to annoy people if it, if it turns out to be true put it that way <laughs> but yeah i mean it depends on how long chris chibnall is planning on being a showrunner but you almost do sometimes wonder whether there might be a sense of now get out of that to the next person <laughs> yeah i've up. just stir- i've stirred the pot now get on with it yeah <laughs> Now, now you've now you've got to cope with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear, but uh, but I mean, as far as I'm concerned, to which the next showrunner will have the doctor just coming out of the shower saying, "Oh, have I missed anything?" <laughs> no, I, I think you know. Um, have we had a consistent two-parter? No, we haven't. Not not in my book, anyway. I think that the second part was a bit of a um, a bit of a letdown, if I'm for me anyway. Yeah, because I thought it was an interesting setup didn't go any, didn't really go anywhere. I know it was really more to do with the master than the you know the the Kasavins and all that, but um, yeah, I just didn't think it really the the plot suffered really. Yeah, I know it's all meant to be about the as you say. I think it was all about the master to luring the Doctor in. Yeah. But sure, there must have been less convoluted ways to have done that. Done that. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, we, we do have some um, some more feedback uh, for episode two. Um, so usually we've got the mixture of Twitter, Facebook and, and, and email. Um, so first up on Twitter, we have uh, Katie. Hi, thanks, Katie. She says, a great, but it never be as good as the old Doctor Who. I wonder if you've just been... Have you just been watching BritBox, Katie? So I'm going to say so. But thank you very much. Um, so, Facebook, John Michael Lindsay. Um, he says, Well, the last 15 to 20 minutes were fine. Lovely hat tip to Tom Baker and a very nice lead out to what could turn into an excellent story arc. But boy, oh boy, was it just me or was the rest of it just hard work? I just felt utterly underwhelmed and confused for the most part, so I'm hoping for better as we go. Um, I'm also just realised that there's a mirroring of the sound of drums with a potential new Enid Blyton S story, three go on the run from the master. Um, I'm beginning to wonder whether he's going to be a recurring theme, like we had in the '80s, and certainly uh, sort of like um, Roger Delgado's first series. Where is he going to keep popping up? Yeah. Or is he just going to pop up in the finale now? Who knows? Who knows? So, um, so next up, Joan Alexander. Uh, Joan says, I agree with John. It was very hard work indeed. The master stopped being malevolent for most of the episode and was just more of an annoying dick. <laughs> Thanks, Joanne. That's succinct and to the point, I think. Um, so then we have uh, Jeff Waddle. Uh, so Jeff says, My fear after a very good episode one was the second part would be a mess. That's how it's been in recent years. But in some ways, the second part was better. I thought this two-part opener was as good as New Who has been. And this version of the Master knocked it out of the park. And my goodness, Jodie wasn't far behind. I do actually agree. I I do think the scenes between Jodie Whittaker and Sasha Dewan were, were were fantastic. And I think I think I, that, that, that has shown that Jodie Whittaker is a good is a good actor. What I like the best bit I liked in this about the Doctor was when she, she was on her knees calling him the Master. And he drops to his knee. At the point when she realises that actually he's not completely in control yeah. of what's going on. And that was the the taking back almost there of the, the situation by the Doctor is exactly what you want the Doctor to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think actually the bit where you know people say she's not the Doctor, well, actually I think that did nail it there. Yeah, I I think so as well. I think so. That, that that's what you expect from the Doctor, really, isn't it? Yeah. To be honest. Um, but before, before we go any further, I've got one one last bit of feedback. It's another email from Ian Key. Uh, he says, uh, "Hello again. That was all right. Um, briefly, not going into the podcast as podcast obligatory depth of analysis. Great time traveling romp. A bit of history. Bradley Walsh's laser shoes and lovely nod back to Logopolis." Topped off uh, by uh, with a lovely Tommy Wommy Deus Ex Machina and closing with the setting up of a mystery which hopefully will run over the next year or two. 
looking forward to the rest of the season. Have a good week, Ian. Um, it appears everyone sort of enjoyed it um, on the whole. But yeah. I think people saying, apart from Jeff and, and Ian, who seem to love sort of like it almost <clears throat> unreservedly, um, I think sort of pretty much like like us, sort of Joanne and, and Jeff, for argument's sake, thought, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a letdown after a quite a strong opener. It, it was a lot of style over content. Yeah, it was. It was. So it just now depends on actually where this this story... If this story comes back and it may make sense at that point, then fine. If mm. it just doesn't make any more sense than this, then... Mm. <laughs> mm. Okay, yeah. So we'll... Um... But hey, we're off and running, Paul. We're off yes. and running with a, with a new series and, and a new year on, on the podcast as well. So... Um... Yeah, so let, let's see how this pans out yes. over the over the next eight weeks. So let's see how, let's see how we go. So, uh, but anyway, I, I think I'm I'm pretty much pretty much done. Okay, well, well yeah. I think I think we're off to a bit, maybe um, maybe a less bumpy ride than last season. Hopefully, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Yes. Okay, everybody. So uh, that just about wraps up this episode. So we'll be back uh, next week. So we're back to weekly podcast whilst this. Uh, uh, whilst this series is on, so um, yeah, we'll be sort of releasing episodes sort of more or less sort of like sort of three or four days after the episode has aired. Um, it gives us time to sort of maybe watch it a couple of times and and bring you the in-depth analysis that we're that we're well renowned for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, everybody. So until next week, then it's goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Who's He podcast.